Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am at Mountain West Conference Media Day right here in Circo, uh, one of our dear sponsors, but uh, all around our region. We got Adrian Hernandez in Las Vegas. We got Brandon Deutsch and Grant Mona in Southern California. So, Adrian, it's still hot here, but how are you holding up, my friend? Listen, I'm on the other side of town. You're holding it down at Circa. Uh, thank you for not showing out the guns being by Stadium Swim. Uh, no. We'll do we'll do that eventually. But, you're, uh, yeah, day one Mountain West Conference is good for you. Uh, just an update on me, everyone. Shipping information has been emailed to me with my Cleveland Cavaliers Summer League team. No way. Come oh, on. <laughs> we'll go from here to Brandon and check in with him in L.A. What's up, my guy? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Uh, you know, uh, lots of good sports stories we're going to cover. We're going to go over. And, yeah, America wins when the Yankees lose. Hopefully the Angels, uh, you know, can keep winning. The Yankees can keep losing. Wow. That, that's a pretty good intro. <laughs> in, in, in my case, the Dodgers are actually playing right now, which is actually pretty cool. It's the first time I think this has happened. They're actually at one to nothing already. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, pretty good day so far. Well, maybe it's one. I, that's the last time I checked. Maybe it's not. But, uh, yeah, pretty good day so far. You guys it need- is an amazing day. <laughs> you know, sometimes we air in different parts in, in, in all of our lovely affiliates. And on YouTube, they can watch it for whatever. Um but anyway, like, and also I, I do want to say too, Mountain West Conference Media Day is going on. That that's what's what the noise in the background is. But there's a lot of good content on our Twitter right now at the Sporting Trib. Check it out. My guy Arash is posting a lot of goodies, especially if you're in to helmet fashion. I know we don't king shame around here. Some people get really into college football helmets, including me, and that UNLV looks mighty sexy in my opinion. Hey, what's the win yeah, total going to be on UNLV this year, Adrian, before Arash goes? Damn, bro, can we get into the helmets before we got to get into the win? Oh, my God. I'm, just, I'm a straight shooter. I'm going to ask straight to the point, but go Arash. We'll give Adrian some time to think about this. All right, Brandon, now quarterback in the show. <laughs> That's all good. Listen, the, the helmets are one of my favorite things because I will say this, and not just because they are all part of the Sporting Tribune family. I think three of the hottest helmets, cleanest helmets, San Diego State, Hawaii. Now, UNLV, it's, it, it's not that the helmet is amazing, but the back decal where you have the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. Again, I like when they have a little bit of personality with these helmets. I think that that helps a ton. Uh, but listen, the uh, San Diego State helmet is my number one helmet. That That is my favorite helmet. Uh, so listen, pumped for Mountain West Conference. The biggest thing that, that we've kind of had to get past at the beginning of the media day is, again, two-day media day, uh, first day being uh, Wednesday, uh, second day Thursday, is the status of San Diego State. Again, San Diego State thought they had a deal in place with the Pac-12. They thought that um, listen, we got to notify the Mountain West by June 30th and let them know that we, uh, you know, we intend on leaving and joining the Pac-12. The Pac-12 
said not so fast my friend they uh, they 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 don't have a media deal which by the way that is crazy to me that yes. going into pac 12 media day they don't have a media deal i mean i think everyone thought that that was sort of the uh, drop dead date that that at some point prior to friday's media day which will again also be here in las vegas that'll be at resorts world but you're, you're, you're going to tell people what your future media deal looks like. You're, you're, you're going to tell people where to watch the games. And the fact of the matter is they don't have that media deal yet. And because of that, I think everything is in limbo. The other interesting thing to note is that when the Pac-12 will look to expand, they're going to be looking directly at the schools here at Circa. And that's why it's very interesting that both of these media days are in Las Vegas, because if the Pac-12 is looking to expand, they are certainly looking at bringing in San Diego State. Obviously, they've already had conversations. You definitely want a team in Southern California. If you're losing USC and you're losing UCLA, you want to have a team in Southern California. And to be honest, San Diego State's on the come up. Again, the basketball program just went to the Final Four. They lost in the championship game. And the football program just moved into a beautiful new stadium. So I think, listen, San Diego State's on the come up. The question is, who is that second team? Is it UNLV because of Las Vegas? Is it perhaps Hawaii, you know, because you want to expand? Um, let's go around the room and kind of start there because I think we are in a very critical juncture in terms of what the future of college football will look like. Uh, I definitely think we are going towards four big conferences. Again, we've had the power five and all that. I mean, but the way things are going, there's going to be four major conferences in college sports. And, uh, but listen, guys, if you're the PAC 12 commissioner, you have a lot on your plate right now. You know, who are you going to go after? And I'll start it off and just to let people know, too. So when it comes to the Pac-12 and that TV contract, um, the reason why we're bringing up, hey, they don't have a new deal is because it expires next July. So there's just a year left. Um, But when you're you're picking and let's say we're going to, you know, I think San Diego State's a good call. You know, it's had a successful basketball program for years, Um, even back when Kawhi Leonard was over there and then before that even, too. Um, And... I want to say UNLV, but the thing about Las Vegas is that whether there's a team here or not because it's Las Vegas, it's not like they're not going to hold their their Pac-12 media day here. They're not going to use T-Mobile for the basketball tournaments. They're not going to use Allegiant. Like, so it's not like they need UNLV to kind of be like, hey, you can use all of our stuff now because you're in this city. Um, But even then, I I would have to go UNLV as opposed to Utah State. Or some of these other programs in the Mountain West. So it would be San Diego State and UNLV right off the top of my head. I'll I'll add. um, So, yeah, San Diego State makes the most sense. They just got to the national championship basketball-wise with UCLA leaving, which is a basketball powerhouse now. One can say with, like, Mick Cronin consistently going to be in the Sweet 16. They're leaving. SCU's gotten better leaving. Having a team like San Diego State that can at least bring, um, you know, media value and and contention in the Pac-12 um, you know, they're ready for it basketball-wise. Football, I don't know, but, I mean, they're certainly serviceable. So, and the Pac-12 is not going to get, it's not, it's, it's going to be not a great conference once UCLA and USC live, leave. Like, just a, uh, as a national conference, in my opinion. Now, it's no disrespect. 
Um, and UNLV would be the team I'm looking at next, but don't count out Boise State. Like Adrian said yesterday, Boise State's a team that's really been contending in basketball for their conference in a lot for a long time. They've been consistent football. They have the the you know the pedigree. They have like the Kellen Moore type guys that have been in that program. The football, the blue field, whatever, all that stuff. I wouldn't count them out. And of course, Fresno State, who I think can compete in both football and basketball, which is important as well. Those are the teams I'm looking at. I think Nevada's a wash. New Mexico, absolutely not with what's went on in the last year with them and the scandals and everything. And Colorado State, Utah State, Wyoming, Air Force. Like, come on now. It's it's between those four that I said. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I mean, San Diego State. It just makes sense to have another SoCal team in there if you're if you're taking two out. Um, it's the logical choice. Um, you know, I, I would love to see UNLV get in there, but I don't know if they have enough. I guess you would say firepower at this point. I would love to have a Vegas team in the Pac-12, especially if you're getting rid of two SoCal teams. Las Vegas, I always say, is like kind of like a sister to SoCal. It, it's kind of just like attached at the hip. Um, you know, Hawaii. I don't think you know logistically. I would love to see. I, it, it probably wouldn't work, but I would love to see it. You know, the football team, the baseball team's even competitive. I played actually a few yeah. of these schools. So Fresno State, I've played. Um, they're always competitive in football and, and baseball. So, you know, from the basketball aspect, having a powerhouse like San Diego State, who's kind of on the rise, um, that would be pretty good for, for the Pac-12. I know it's not going to be as good. You're taking away two powerhouse teams from that conference in the Pac-12, but adding at least one back would, would kind of get back the popularity, in my opinion. The sleeping giant I've always felt is Hawaii, you know, and I get logistically, um, you know, you're, you're looking at a five to six hour flight, depending on where you are, but it's, it's connection again to Southern California, Vegas, you know, uh, but also kind of uh, the middle ground. If you want to get to Japan as well. I mean, I talked to a lot of people when they travel, you know, take that five hour flight to Hawaii, you know, have a little fun for like a day or two and then make a five hour uh, or five or six hour flight to Japan. Again, one of the things a lot of these conferences are looking to do is expand their footprint beyond just the United States. They want to expand into Mexico, perhaps into Canada and beyond. So I think that's really the importance here of the Pac-12 when you look to at San Diego State. Yes, it's in Southern California, but it's obviously you know the close proximity to Mexico, having potentially um, a a football game there, perhaps having a basketball game there, really broadening your um, horizons. Again, you know, the Pac-12 is really trying to do a good job of this. You know, they, they've they, they've played games in China and things like that, but we're at a really cr- critical juncture here with the future of college sports, where do you think we got, where do you think we are there? Do you like the trend of having four big conferences? It does seem like everything will be consolidated at some point here soon. Go ahead, Adrian. You bring up the consolidation and like, I just, it's weird having this conversation because I'll ask everybody like in five years, do we even know if the PAC 12 is going to be a conference? Because like, think of it like, I guess, like the movie industry where Disney owns all these different properties and then there's just one other movie. Uh, like, there's there's two big giants, right? It's Amazon yeah. and Apple, which is it's going to be the Big Ten, the SEC, and everyone else. Because now yeah. there's no holds barred. When, you see, when USC and UCLA are now in the Big Ten, like the Big 12 and the Pac-12, I don't know if you guys are going to exist anymore. And even... The streaming deal is so important. Like, it baffles me. 
I've been to hotels in many parts of this country, and somehow on the basic cable, I got the Big Ten network. I have to buy a Google Pixel and have the weirdest internet service provider to be able to have access to see the Pac-12 network. Like I don't. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. So it's it's it, and you you it's the worst, and now it doesn't mean as much because these streaming. Oh, like, it's good right. done. So with the change of this, it's really like, what are we doing? Um, so I just, I, I don't know if, if the Pac-12 is going to be a thing in less than five years. Now, do I like it? It, I, I, every year we go into this and we understand that there's going to be at, at most six teams that have a realistic shot to win the national championship, right? We know our Georgias, our Ohio States, our Alabamas, and insert Notre Dame or Oregon, like whatever these teams shuffle. USC, USC, yeah. Since when? Since when? What year? It's been years. Bro, oh, bro, like, are you talking like USC is not going to be competitive this year? No, this such a but since and and what it has it's been a long time. It's so been last a, year. It's, so and it's been year? and it's been a century since UNLV won anything in any sport. So I mean, it you're saying you're bringing up you're trying to talk crap yeah, about SC like UNLV hasn't been relevant in anything it's since freaking Tarkanian was there. Whatever I, his name. Go, I didn't go to UNLV. No one was bringing up UNLV. That's very. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. You coming yeah. out at SC? We're gonna stand up for ourselves as Trojans, huh, Ross? We're we're trying to have a conversation here. Please stop deflecting with like nonsense. Was was this you and the I'm not deflecting with nonsense. I'll, I'll answer the question. The question is USC was was congratulations. It's been a long time. That's the point. You can. But that's make- also deflected. <laughs> no, it's not. My point is is that we all know going into a year that there's a, there's a small amount of teams that have a realistic chance yeah. to to win the national championship. And these rivalries and these random games and seeing Hawaii at 1 a.m. And, and Mac Tuesdays and all this stuff, like if that stuff goes away, like that takes away the charm of college football, which plays yeah. such a huge part into why people love it more than the NFL. And it's just this new era of like, my son's not going to play NCAA football. He's not going to know what Mac Tuesday is and all these random things. But at the end of the day on Saturdays, we're all going to be in our TVs no matter what the construct is. So it's a confusing situation. Yes, yeah. but I wanted to add too before Arash and Grant go. Like this is becoming the NFL with the power conferences. It's it's becoming media. You know, like obviously flying from SC, UCLA, like SoCal to to the Midwest. You know, it's the Midwest to the to Ohio State to you know you know whether it's Illinois, you know Chicago and in, in Illinois. So I mean, it's like there's a lot that of flying. It's more of an NFL oriented thing, and that's fine. The media, it's all a lot of money. At the same time, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of um, you know, Big 12 and Pac-12 come into a to a, um, agreement eventually because I think there's still some power power teams like Oregon. I can't imagine them playing San Diego State. I mean, it would be 75 to nothing. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Like Oregon and 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 UW and teams like that need to be in a conference with like TC, like legitimate teams. No offense mm-hmm. to San Diego State and Fresno State, like legit teams that can c- compete with them on a nightly basis. I think that would they need to move to that power conference together, in my opinion, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to say, I I just think that, you know, we're headed more to, I've said this in the past. I don't don't remember when, but I, it was just that I think we're headed towards this two conference type of, of deal where we kind of see in the professional leagues where it's Eastern and Western or it's nor, you know, you know, national American, um, I don't think that it's going to be that way in the, col- in the college aspect, but I do think that 
we're moving towards something like that, maybe three, maybe two. Um, you know, I don't think that it's going to be, you know, every mid-major is going to be in a good conference or, you know, all these smaller schools are going to be in, in like the Mountain West. I think that we're moving towards, you know, five or less conferences. Um, you can't keep it, you know, to, to 20 or, or you can't keep it to two. You got to kind of find a middle ground. So I think we're moving a little bit towards that. So, um, you know, it's going to be tough because there's these big schools that need to be in these big conferences, but there's also these smaller schools that, you know, the mid-majors that are in these big conferences that, that still want to stay in. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just my opinion. on. I think we're moving more towards, you know, lesser conferences. Yeah. I mean, listen, the college game is you got your blue bloods, you know, in, in college football, and, and they have their, like, ebbs and flows, and it really depends on who the coach is and what's happening. And so um, – you know, just to kind of put a bow on that, certainly, you know, following Pete Carroll's tenure and when they were under sanctions, it was a very dark period. Um, I think it's pretty clear to see, like, anyone who's, like, watching uh, college football and what Lincoln Riley's doing and who they have and who they had last year and who they have this upcoming year, season, they are a contender. We'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see what that means. We'll also see how they do in the Big Ten. But I think for the big thing for USC is, you know, their last season here in the Pac-12, I think that they have a real shot to be in the college football playoff, which obviously has to be the goal. To your point, Brandon, uh, you know, and I, and I thought this was a big moment for TCU. They had an amazing run, but it was, it was just really bad moment i think for a tcu in schools like that when um they got blown out the way that they did they they got blown out the way that they did you know you want to have a competitive game and i think anyone who's wanting to not see two conferences and i think you're right grant i do think it'll be like the, the american football you know conference and the national football conference or something like that where you know you 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 have maybe uh I mean, it's not going to just be 30 teams. Maybe it, it's perhaps more than that. But, you know, do do we like that? I mean, it's very clear college sports is becoming more and more like professional sports. When you look at the contracts, when you look at the consolidation, do, do we like that? Well, as it should, as it should, in my opinion. I mean, it's just we finally had a place where college players can get paid through NIL deals. And for years, the NCAA was profiting off, or, off the image and likeness of players. So it is very similar to the NFL. Obviously, it doesn't get as much media attention and as many viewers as the NFL because the NFL is king in the United States specifically. But it does get the second amount and more than basketball a lot of the time. So what I feel like it moving toward this was inevitable and I, I don't mind it. However, if I'm a young kid and let's say I'm a little bit under recruited and I want to play in the NFL and there's only 30 teams out there that are in this you know, future where it's 30, 35, 40 teams that really are on the TV. I'm not saying you can't get scouted. It just hurts your chances. And I feel like right now having all these teams that compete against each other in division one, um, you know, whether that's how many teams it is well over a hundred, you have chances to go out there and get noticed. I feel like that would be less and less and be more like, Oh, you know, George is going to have a hundred guys getting drafted or something like that in a few years. You know what I'm saying? So, Adrian, I mean, I mean, do you, do you like that college football is becoming more and more like pro football? I mean, these guys have commercial deals now. Well, I mean, I just think that, like, when Grant said, hey, there can't be 20 conferences, I'm like, well, why not? Like, it gives something for Mountain West fans to have. It gives something to the All-American Conference, uh, the MAC, like, whatever, whatever these smaller conferences, it gives them an opportunity to at least 
hey, let's dominate in our little small piece of the big pie because we're never going to win the big pie. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's it, and that's that charm and those rivalries um, are kind of what make college football so special. So when you take that away, um, I, I'm interested to see what the fan bases have. Like we're all spoiled here with our the the teams that we follow are the mega the mega uh, powers and then have the lineage <laughs> and stuff. But like you're at the Mountain West Conference, they don't have that. You know what I'm saying? A, a Texas Tech fan or whatever, like whatever teams you want to throw out, like they need to or even smaller than that, like these mid markets, these mid regions, they need to have something, you know, for the fan bases and you take that away and don't even give them a shot. Like yeah. what's the point? It's what makes March madness so special. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, I mean, and I think this is why I have no problem with it because for years and years and years, college football has been the second most popular sport in this country behind the national football league. And so it's, it's really great that these guys are getting, paid and getting what they deserve all right let's leave it there for now when we come back it'll be our money buckets in the second segment we're kind of reversing things when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 in southern california the bet in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Listen, normally we'd go out to the Circa Sports guest hotline, but my goodness, I'm actually at Circa Sports. I'm actually at Circa, hey, Las now. Vegas. Uh, beautiful. By the way, um, this ballroom that I'm in right now, um, two years ago was a construction zone and they had a March Madness viewing party here. So it's really amazing to see what's become of this place. Uh, two day media day here, Mountain West conference, uh, going into Friday's big media day, uh, at resorts world. So, so Armani Buckets is joining us. We kind of flip things around. You're coming on segment uh, to my friend. I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of put a bow on what we talked about in the first segment. Basically, college sports, and again, it's it's probably been this way popularity-wise, but it being treated more as a professional sport, certainly from a football standpoint, in terms of the consolidation of uh, perhaps two big mega conferences. And what is, where does that leave a lot of the other schools? Again, do you like this? I think that, you know, it was always headed in this direction. So it's not so much um, my cup of tea, but I understand that, you know, with money being involved and the amounts of money being involved, this is the direction that it was probably headed to. Uh, what consensus did you guys reach about that? My uh, And I'll go real quick and then we'll go around the room. I mean, you know, my feeling is a lot like yours. It was already headed in this direction. If you, if you told me to rank the most popular sports in the country, I would have said college football is the number two, right behind the National Football League. And then college hoops is somewhere behind the NBA and I think the one and done rule somewhat help them in terms of you know you're, 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 you're getting and like even if they're there for one year you're gonna get amazing talent so 
at least from those two sports, they've always been two of the most popular sports, drawing millions and billions of dollars. Why shouldn't they be treated like a professional sport? I agree. I agree. I still I'm going to miss the the just the old school, the old schoolness of college football and some of the the traditions and things like that um, when it pertains to college football, um, because everything's changing. Um, and that's that's kind of sad. And by the way, you know, every day on YouTube, since we've been on here for the past two weeks, you've seen the Circa logo always because we're yeah. presented by them. But just to let people know, you get an inside look at Circa right now if you're on to YouTube because Arash is there in the living flesh. And even Armand, who is over here without a tank top today, it's a special yeah. occasion. Um, but we'll go to Brandon, too, and he'll kind of give us our quick, a quick thought on, on just everything going on in college football. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I mentioned this in the first segment. It's more like the NFL. I get it. I, I love that guys are getting paid. I mean, DJ, DJ uh, what is it, Yuga of LA or something? Or Yuga Lele? What, 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 how do you pronounce his last name? I'm not sure. Right, you know? DJ. Okay, so he threw 95 at high school, got drafted by the Dodgers in the 20th round. There is no way he was even thinking about signing because he's going to make 10 times that on NIL in, in one year or two years, right? Like, yeah. And he doesn't want to play in the minor leagues. No one wants to. Everyone's playing the MLB. No one wants to play in the minor leagues. You don't get paid. They, a lot of teams don't give you resources. So college football is becoming this place where you can monetize a lot. And I think it's great. Um, I think it's great for the athlete. I think it's great for personal development because what's going on. I think it, it, it's indicative of what's going on in sports media, how our brand is the most important. It's the same thing with athletes uh, and they're starting it early and that's important. So I think as a whole, this is good. Um, we mentioned that it could go down to 30 team, you know, 30, 35 teams playing in the big con, you know, the big conferences and everything else being secondary, which I don't fully agree with. I like Adrian's point about the mountain West. You know, it's good for competition and pride to just go out there and dominate your conference versus you know i mean it, it's important that is important and it should get noticed as well um but i think the future of this is inevitable like armand was saying yeah um guys we've been talking about damian lillard for a while but now we have to talk about the other uh big superstar who's been uh, rumored to be traded only because uh -oh. our our very own the sporting tribute joey lynn um has reported that uh, James Harden would like to play with his old teammate with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Russell Westbrook. Joey, obviously, uh, very tight with the Westbrook uh, contingent. And so I, I, I totally believe his reporting on this front. And then Bill Plaschke of the Los Angeles Times chimed in today with his thoughts. And he believes that they should. That the Clippers are in a basically... Hail Mary, do or die, win or go home. This is the last season situation. I think there's 0% chance that this works, but I think from a entertainment in car chase slash car crash, uh, <laughs> you know, which, which we love here in, in Los Angeles, um, that I think that this trade will happen. And I, and I don't know what it looks like, but I think that they, there's enough pieces involved here. Uh, all right, so let's... So, Adrian, I'll start with you. Um, listen, I, I, I think that this trade is going to happen. I think that the Clippers have – here's partly why. Here's partly why. 
there's there's very little chance that we're going to see all of these players healthy at the same time. So you bring in Kawhi and Paul George. One or both of those guys are going to get hurt in the postseason. So you may have a playoff run with the Clippers where it's basically just James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So we'll, <laughs> Let me we'll, tell you something. We'll see that's how that goes. Be, that's going to be a shorter run than me actually running. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, listen, around the horn, legend Bill Plasky, no disrespect, but what are we talking about right here? You said it's like a car chase, and then you said car crash, and I interrupted you, and I'm going to say it again. No, it would be a car crash. What are we doing with James Harden? Like, like what? What? At this point, if we have to ask the same questions ten years into someone's career, we know what the answer is. Enough with this, bro. Stay in Philadelphia. Maury's your boy is going to keep you paid, and leave the rest of the league alone. Honestly. If by choice you're telling me the roster's intact or close to it with what the Clippers have now and you take your chances with your two superstars that have been getting hurt or you add James Harden to the mix, you stick with what you got, bro. What is this? Like, I don't even... It's hard right now in my brain to fully comprehend (laughs) why this is a good decision. It really is. And I'll leave it at that. I don't want to take up everyone's time. I, Armani Armani yeah. I, I have I have a gripe with you, Arash, because you started okay. this by by calling him a superstar. How dare you? Oh wait, this, hold no, on. not anymore, Arash. Not anymore. Come on, star <laughs> is pushing it. All right, but superstar, absolutely at this stage of his career, absolutely not. Splitting also, hair. yeah, well, well, no, because superstar, I think, star. is reserved for star. So okay, also sorry. we had. We had a report by Jake Fisher saying that James Harden is expected at this point to return uh, or to report to Philadelphia's training camp. So okay. we always, every day, are having conflicting reports. Why would the Sixers, with they're in a similar position to the Clippers, if they no. trade Harden, Joel Embiid is probably going to be pretty frustrated. Although you know, keeping Harden, they're probably not going to go anywhere anyways. So it's like. You know, both of those teams are kind of stuck in a really difficult spot. Also, if Harden goes to the Clippers, hypothetically speaking, who is playing shooting guard between him and Westbrook? Because Harden was so ball dominant in Philadelphia. And Westbrook, we've seen this movie when he doesn't have the ball in his hands with the Lakers. What happened to him? He turned into... An absolute abomination. So what's, who's going to sacrifice if they do play together? They, they both need the ball a lot. I, I just, But I agree that it would be entertaining as heck. Yes. And also our friend Grant Mona is already, he's basically like, you know what, let's do it. <laughs> and I, I can't believe that you know we've reached that point with Clipper fans. But, you know, I, I – Personally, have no allegiance to the Clippers or Lakers, and I just want to see the Clippers have some success because I feel bad for them. So I hope it works if it does happen, but I don't think it will work. Absolutely not. Forget the Clippers. I want the Tribune to have some success. So, you know, come to the Clippers so we can have all these articles and Joey Lynn can be working overtime. I'm sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. That's a good point. No, I I, look, I think it's a twofold thing. I mean, people... These Clipper fans are so delusional on Twitter. Like I responded on Joey's thing and I said, okay, great. You're going to have Jane. You're going to, so Russell Westbrook's going to have to come off the bench, right? You cannot start Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. It's just not basketball. It doesn't work. You know, ball, if you played like me, if you played like Armand, 
you watch the game even, you know that that's not going to work for ball dominant players, especially Westbrook and Harden. Uh, and my response was, and people were like, oh, you don't know ball, man. Like, it can work, blah, blah, blah. Kawhi and George don't need the ball in their hands. I'm like, okay, so you just proved you haven't watched basketball the past couple of years because they've been virtually non-existent when they're off ball, right? That's the big thing. So what I'll say here is, like, it's not going to work unless Westbrook has to come off the bat. There's, the, bench, there's the, uh, there's a trade. There's a trade. No, well, it, 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 there, no Westbrook has to come off the bench. He just does if if they get James Harden. And I'm just saying, I think it can help during the regular season because James Harden is still a star in the regular season, but we know he turns into a pumpkin in the playoffs. You know, I hate to say it, all but like one game where he had 35 and led the Celtics to one zero and acted like, oh, don't celebrate. We got more work to do. Like, dude, he. Okay, he should have celebrated because he was never going to win that series. Yeah, I got a he had two um, really good games. Here, so. Yeah, he had two really good games, and every other game he turned into a pumpkin, like you said, Brandon. So I mean, you you can't rely on a player like that. I do think that if you're comparing him to Westbrook and their fits with Kawhi and Paul George, obviously, I think Harden at this stage is a better playmaker and better fit next to those two guys. But him and Westbrook, could they be on the court at the same time? I mean, and also, you know, regular season is about guys that defend and play on a nightly basis and play hard. That team, I just, (laughs) I don't know, but it would be entertaining for sure. And it would help the Tribune. You're right. (laughs) That would be. Well, listen, at that point, I think that they they become a team that the entire country's talking about. And not because they're one of the top five teams in the league or anything like that. But there will be a constant drama of, you know, what's, what's, what's James Harden going to do? What's Russell Westbrook going to do? Well, you know, Kawhi's not going to really talk, but, you know, what's, what's up with Kawhi? What's up with Paul George? Um, at this point, you, it, you are in a Hail Mary situation with the Clippers. And, and I, the big thing about them is what do they do with their contracts? I mean, I, I, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, I fully expect them to give both of those guys max deals. Because what are you? What? What's? What's the alternative? I, I I don't know if you're the Clippers. Again, you've you've put together a really good team on paper, but I mean, do you do you just let those guys walk? It seems like the trend now in the NBA is you re-sign the guy, you extend their contract, and then you keep the asset and you figure it out later. Which, you know, I feel like that's kind of, it it has happened in the past, obviously, but I feel like it's more of a new thing where, you know, my team, the Bulls, Vucevic, I don't think we should have necessarily kept him, but you keep the asset and you hope to maybe figure it out later. I feel like that's where the Clippers are headed as well. But man, it... At some point, your fans are going to become numb to, to running it back and to doing the same thing. And, you know, especially if you're not having success doing it. Um, and, it, you know, we go back to the Lou Williams Montrez Herald team. That yeah. was an eight seed, but that was such a fun. There was no expectation. Team. Exactly. There was, there was no expectation with that team. Four years. Anyway. Yeah. And, and if people think that Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't know. Uh, PG wants to play with Russ. People are more concerned about Russ's, his, just the way people talk about his career and all people want to play with him. Like, I don't care about any of that. This team, like, you're better off keeping what you have as opposed to going for Harden and trying to make all this. Like, this is not NBA 2K. This is not my team. All right, you know what I'm saying? And they put them... 
position, by the way, with the Clippers. Yeah, look, I mean, like I mentioned, Harden's going to help during the season, right? He's a, he's a regular season guy. So I think that's their intention. If they get hurt, they want a guy who can lead the team, um, you know, more than Westbrook can. Um, certainly more serviceable with the, his jumper than Westbrook is at this stage in his career. So I think that's the thinking. The issue I have is, like Armand brings up, defensively, you're a sound team. Ty Lue's a defensive coach. You can get Harden and Westbrook. You can give away... Powell, probably Terrence Mann. Um, and Terrence Mann's one of the best role players in the NBA. And Norman Powell is a guy that averages 20-plus points per game, right? Or 18-plus points per game. And is a good fit because a 3-3 three, three in some D, not much, but definitely 3 and can score. So to me, you're giving up a lot um, in this trade. I think it benefits Philadelphia. I know we say Joel Embiid can't really read. Oh, I'd much rather have no Harden and have Powell, Terrence Mann, and a couple role players, and maybe a Boston junior in some salary than James Harden and choking in the playoffs again. I have a question for Arash. Um, do you think at any point Joel Embiid let – me, let me rephrase it. Can Joel Embiid be the number one guy on a championship team? Because that's no, kind of where we're headed. Yeah, I don't think so, but that doesn't mean that, that he can't. But, I mean, that, the, by the way, that is a hard thing to do. There's a lot of very talented players who cannot be the number one guy on a championship team, but could very easily be the number two person on a championship team. I mean, to say um, that I, I don't want to say that he can't, but in my view, from what I've seen so far, definitely in big game situations, he does not appear to be a guy who could be the number one guy on a championship team. Clearly could be a number two guy. But I think he's also deferential to who, if the, if Philadelphia wants to bring in a guy who can be the number one option. Um, so, listen, I mean, it doesn't mean that he can't. Nikola Jokic dealt with the same thing. I think up until this run, even this year, which is as ridiculous as it is, and Brandon can touch on the numbers, Jokic should have won the most valuable player. At some point late in the season, it was ridiculous where, where they, 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 they started to talk about the playoffs in championships. It's like it's a regular season MVP. But anyways, Joel Embiid, in my view, he's a very he, he is a superstar. I don't think he's the number one guy for a championship team. I mean, but they also said about yeah. Jokic and Antetokounmpo. Exactly. No. Is- True. Sure. Giannis, I never believed that. Giannis, I, I believe, was going to win multiple. Again, he's won one. Uh, in my view, he's the best player in the league. Again, I mean, it, I think it, the difference, yeah. though, is Embiid's injury history, and now yeah. he's a little older than, yeah. than when we said that about those guys. I definitely didn't think uh, Jokic could be, you know, the headliner on a title team, and I was wrong about that. And, um, you know, Embiid could definitely do the same thing, but time is running out, man. This guy, yeah. the, the the amount of times he falls on the court and just every fall is is scary because of his size. I, I just worry that, you know, and then, you know, if Harden leaves and Embiid wants uh, a trade to New York, for example, if you're the Knicks, do you sacrifice a ton of assets to get a guy like that who, you know, hasn't yes. really proven it fully in the playoffs. You if can you can that. just have Brunson and Embiid alone, that is, <clears throat> that's a contender. Because I think Brunson has positioned yeah. himself into being one of the more underrated players in basketball. Everything he does is right. And people hate on him because he's little and he's tiny. And it's just like, 
He's really good. Um, but I'll say this. I agree with the Rosh. I don't think Embiid can be the number one. We did say I, I always thought Jokic and Giannis could be the number one on a title team. I just, you know, they weren't healthy. Embiid, it's because of his injury, not because of his talent, right? Like, yeah. talent-wise, he definitely could. He's always hurt every single postseason. We saw it in the series against the Celtics. He got hurt. Like, he gets hurt every postseason, and that's a problem. Right, so that's just my my thought on it. Yeah, I also think that any and to, to go back to the original thing with Harden, um, if you're going to make that trade, I'm assuming Terrence Mann is going to be in there because you're not going to trade what Batum, uh, Morris. Like, it's you try to keep Terrence Mann, and it's just it's a weird situation. Like, it's it's a weird situation, especially when you consider the rumors that Terrence Mann was the reason why they didn't trade for. Uh, for your boy in Toronto, Van Fleet. Um, and it's just, look at what it is now um, and what the situation is. You're going for a Hail Mary, but I just don't think it's the right move, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, with, yeah, sure. Yeah, go. I was going to say, um, if they had the same contract, I would take Van Fleet over Harden. But given what we know now about his three years, $130 million, I think I would rather have Harden on a one-year contract, which I'm I'm the biggest James Harden. Um, that I, no, I, that's different. Not back then. Like yeah, that's true. that's true. And that situation yeah. is what I'm saying. Then I would take Fred. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Terrence Mann that I think a lot of Clipper fans think back on it, and I certainly do, is his performance in that Utah Jazz series where – you're you're thinking you're kind of viewing like maybe potentially like a future star there. Um, what what the Clippers are in a very precarious position here as well. When you look at where they're going to move into again, this is their last year at Staples slash Crypto.com Arena. They're moving into a brand new two billion dollar arena. The reason that that's significant is. They've really had a tough time, to be honest, guys, selling tickets at crypto. And I, and I don't want to knock the Clippers, but like not a week goes by during the season that I don't get a call from their ticket office saying, hey, can we interest you in, you know, season tickets or tickets at this price, half price? And it's like they really want to be able to sell out their their building. So if that means, you know, Kawhi, they got to pay more for Kawhi than they would like to, or Paul George, they, they need headliners when they go into the $2 billion um, into a dome. Again, this is their last year at Crypto.com Arena, and then they move into their own brand-new home. They want to have that star power. So, you know, while we've kind of viewed this as a Hail Mary year, I think there's a chance that, they, that this team, this core group, could be back. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.